Welcome to the teaching ministry of Steve Franklin. Steve's calling is to coach champions in the kingdom of God. Our prayer for you as you listen to this word of encouragement and instruction is that you'll be built up in your faith and encouraged to take the next step in your development as one of God's true champions. Here's Steve. 1 Corinthians. Well, here we go. Chapter 12 is where we are. Chapter 12, verse 14. I promised you that I was going to bring a, this is a family meeting for faith family members and potential faith family members of covenant heirs. I promised that I was going to bring a message today on the DNA of our church. You know, DNA is a blueprint. It is anatomy. It is heart. And in the life of a church, a faith family, it is, are you listening, how the Lord Jesus, who's the head of the body, chooses to express his life through that unique faith family. Unfortunately, the body of Christ has decided for whatever reason to try to replicate what they've seen somebody else do. Unfortunately, there has been almost a business model of success is always defined by numbers. Unfortunately, there have been a lot of thoughts from the world that have crept into the church. How would you know that, Pastor? I've been on five church staffs over 54 years. So it is with a little bit of experience that I say what I say today. The DNA, the blueprint, the anatomy, the heart. How many of you know that if you're four foot six and you weigh 300 pounds and you're 50 years old, you're not going to play in the NBA? It doesn't matter how badly you want to. It doesn't matter how you've set a goal. It's not in your DNA. It's not going to happen. And one of the worst mistakes, a family, a church family, a business, any organization can make is to get away from their DNA and try to do something just because it looks good or they aspire to or they love, they think it'd be great. It is a fatal mistake. So wouldn't it be important for even a faith family to identify from the Lord, by the Holy Spirit, through the Word of God, through faithful, mature leadership, wouldn't it be the right thing to do to identify our DNA? 1 Corinthians chapter 12, the apostle says in verse 14, For in fact, the body is not one member, but many. And I know he's talking about the gifting individually and corporately of the body of Christ. If the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I'm not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I'm not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where would be the hearing? If the whole were hearing, where would be the smelling? But now God has set the members, each one of them in the body, just as he pleased. And if all were just alike, if all had the same function, if all were one member, where would the body be? But now, indeed, there are many members, but one body. How many of you know the body of Christ is one? There's only one body of Christ. There is only one true faith family. But there are all kinds of family gatherings. Your family gathering probably wouldn't be a perfect fit for other families. There are some families 
who are very, very small and some who are very, very large. One faith family, but multiple faith gatherings. A wonderful man recently said, and it was published all over the United States, a wonderful man, Pastor Anley Stanley, said in a sermon a couple of weeks ago that if you don't belong to a megachurch, you are selfish. You ought to always bring your children into a place where there are other children so they don't get bored and not like church. Brother Stanley is a wonderful man of God. He is a call man. He bears lots of fruit. But I think he blew it on that one. Did you know that the average size of a church in the United States is 88? I pray every Sunday for three megachurches. Look, I've been on megachurch staffs. I get it. And they have a wonderful, wonderful ministry. A wonderful ministry. And can I tell you something? There should never be any competition or possessive spirit in the body of Christ. It ought not to be. It displeases the Lord. We ought to be kingdom-minded and not our little group. It's all about the kingdom of God. But can you imagine how many multiplied thousands of church families there are today when our neighbor church that I pray for and I have great respect for has 40,000, but the average attendance across the United States is only 88, that's about half of our congregation when everybody shows. Wow, can you imagine how many multiplied thousands would not have a church family were it not for the thousands of small entities? My brother is a wonderful man, a man of faith, man of integrity. On a good Sunday, he lives in a rural area. On a great Sunday, they have 22. What I'm trying to tell you is, don't define success based on something as external as numbers. God, when I go see Jesus, he's not going to say to me, how many, how many churches did you build? How many buildings did you develop? How much, how, how, how much, how much, how much? The only thing I'm going to be required to answer is, were you faithful with what I assigned to you to do? It's all about faithfulness. Every one of us, listen, are members of the body of Christ, but we ought to find where there should be a family gathering that we connect that best fits where the Lord has assigned us. He is the Lord of all. We should never throw stones. We should always work together. And however, understand this, understand this, that every assignment is different. You know why? Here's the Great Commission. Say it with me if you remember. Go you therefore into all the world and preach the what? Baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to observe all things that I've commanded you. Yes or no? Now right before that in verse 18, he says, All authority is given unto me, Jesus said, in heaven and on earth. How many of you know that some are going to emphasize baptizing new believers? Introducing people to Christ. But some are going to focus on teaching and discipling and taking the next step to those believers. Our DNA, our heart's cry is, a, is simplicity and depth in the knowledge of Jesus in an atmosphere of love. I hear this talked about every week, the love of God that is manifested in this faith family. It's the magnet. I've had people say to me, when I got out of my car in the parking lot, I felt something different. I've had people say to me, when I come in this place and there's worship going on, 
I, so, I feel the presence of the Lord. That is, you're not going to feel the presence of the Lord in an atmosphere where there's no love of Jesus. Because God is love, and if there's not love here, the Spirit is grieved. Amen? So who are we? We're a body of believers, a faith family, desiring simplicity and depth of relationship with Jesus in an atmosphere of God's love. Love is the heartbeat of this church. Look, this is not a showcase for the saints. This is a hospital for brokenness. It's a renewal center where we come in and receive renewal of hope and encouragement and hands-on prayer. It's a training center where we learn and go deeper in the Word of God. It's a diverse place. We have old and young, rich and poor, black and white and Hispanic. We have people from Catholic all the way to Pentecostal backgrounds. This is the most diverse faith family that I've ever been associated with, and what a beautiful thing, because that's what the kingdom of God looks like. I hope it's no surprise to you that when you get to heaven, not everyone's going to look like you. I don't mean to grieve you today. It is heartbreaking for me to see what looks like a renewal of racial tension and hatred and prejudice. That is grievous to the Lord Jesus. In Christ there is neither male nor female, bond nor free. There is when the Lord Jesus looks at you, he doesn't have one regard for the pigment of your skin. But if we do, that grieves the Holy Spirit. I want to I want to thank everybody in here, uh, all of our black members stand up right now. Now, if you want me to call you African-American, I do, but don't call me European-American. <laughs> all of our black members stand up. I want to thank you all for allowing Dina and me to be your shepherd. You all show me and Dina more honor than most of your Caucasian fellow members. And that's not lost on us. I want you to know how precious you are. But the main reason I wanted you to stand today is I want to thank you. Because I know right now that some of you had, some of you are presently right now getting grief from people of your race for being under the head, the leadership of a Caucasian pastor. It's true, isn't it? You're getting grief about that, aren't you? Thank you for not giving in to the pressures of your culture and listening to the Lord Jesus and be allowing Dean and me to be your pastors. We treasure you. Thank you. I know that surprises some of you, but I have feedback where some of our people are getting criticism and opposition for being under a Caucasian pastor. Thank you. Be seated. Just so everybody knows where we are. Got it? What a blessing. Thank you, Jesus, the kingdom of God. Can we all pray against the spirit of division? Can we all pray that the love of God... Can I t Look, the government is never going to solve this, ever. 
You cannot resolve racial prejudice by governmental action. It has to be born in the heart by the Spirit of God. It's the only way. You make all the laws you want to and try to force it from outside, but it, it, is, it, it is a matter. Full resolution comes from the heart. I have so many sons and daughters in the ministry who are of a different genetic race than I am. But the only thing that matters to me and to this church is that we belong to the family of God. That's it. Why do we focus on this simplicity? Simplicity and depth in an atmosphere of love. Understand this, there are five essentials of a New Testament church. Number one, you need to worship. Now, this is a family meeting. Everybody understands that, right? You need to worship. Can I tell you all something? If you're missing the worship, you are missing an opportunity to connect and, and to reconnect with the Spirit of God's tangible presence. The Word of God says that God is supernaturally attracted. He embodies the praises of His people. Prayer. I've told you many times, as long as I'm the shepherd of this church, prayer will be at the heart of what we do. If you can come to church in need of prayer and not receive prayer, something's wrong with that. If you look at the New Testament church, the heart of their ministry was prayer and hands-on prayer. The teaching of the Word. The Word of God is the only basis for authority here. It is inspired. It is inerrant in its original autographs. It has the, it was inspired of the Spirit. It is anointed by the Spirit. It is the only basis of faith and practice for this faith family. The Word of God, period. That's it. In the early church, there was not only worship and prayer and the teaching of the Word, but there was consistent, ongoing fellowship with the saints. It blesses me that most Sundays we have to turn the lights out to get all of you to leave the campus. And I am not fussing about that whatsoever. That is a blessing. See, somebody got the spirit now. <laughs> Called out and appointed godly leadership. Now, you may not think so much of your pastor's calling and godly leadership. If you don't, you better find one where there is called out. Can I tell you something? There are multiplied hundreds of little bitty cells of Christianity meeting everywhere and calling themselves church. And that's okay, but I want to tell you this. Statistics show most of them don't last over two years. Why is that? There's not called out leaders who have given up their lives, given up their rights to go into the marketplace and make a living to obey the calling of God. And usually it fizzles. Called out leadership. And those called out leaders, especially pastors, are to a point in the faith body to a point, not a, not a popularity contest, but to appoint leadership that are extensions of the pastoral ministry, deacons and elders. That's why over the last few years you have seen me identify to you, deacons and elders in the church, that I've chosen to be extensions of the pastoral ministry. My own life is accountable in every way. 
And I would encourage you, if you are looking for a place to call a faith family, I would ask you to be sure that you get under the leadership of called out and, a, and godly appointed leadership. We not only have, I'd like for all the elders of the church to stand, please. You ought to be able to tell any one of these men at any time a prayer need or an ask for prayer or counsel or encouragement and receive it. Thank you. Be seated with the deacons. Please stand. In the back, front. You ought to be able to say to any one of these deacons whose primary purpose is to serve you ought to be able to say, you know what, I'm seeing some things that uh, I, I think would, would really help if we kept an eye on or take a look. I, one of our deacons told me recently, Mr. Johnny Bush, about an issue, and uh, we were able to handle it with the uh, managers of this building and address it with you. You ought to be able to say to them at any time, Could we have this, or could you recommend this to Pastor? Thank you, gentlemen. I'd like for our intercessory prayer team under Joe's leadership, Joe, would you and the intercessory prayer team to stand? Herman's part of that. Stand up, Tommy. All right, I want everybody to look at this group right here. We know Betty's missing. Can you identify quickly somebody else that might be missing? Jean's here. This right here is the spiritual foundation of our success. I call on these in emergency times. You call on me, and when I say I am identifying to our prayer warriors, these people right here, and if you want to be on this intercessory team, if that's your mission, you need to see Pastor Joe. This right here is key to the success of this church. Amen? Thank you. Thank you. We do things a little differently here. There's the absence of typical programs. We don't have a choir, we don't have a nursery. We believe that, you know, let me just, let me just uh, say this right here. Are you listening? This is part of the DNA of our church. All of you who are parents or grandparents of little ones stand right now. Parents and grandparents of little ones stand right now. Okay, <clears throat> are you listening, church? The responsibility of spiritual leadership for your children and grandchildren is yours, not mine. God gave these children to you. God gave these grandchildren to you. It is not, I repeat, it is not the responsibility of the church. To bring up your children in the nurture and admonition of the Lord, it is yours. For years, the church, the families, parents have deferred spiritual leadership to the church. Now, how do you think that's worked? Would you be seated, please? Having said that, listen, our pledge, Dean and I's pledge to you as your pastors is this. We are going to do everything that the Lord enables us to do and assigns us to do to equip you and encourage you and intercede for you to do your job under the direction of the Spirit of God. We are going to work with you 
for you to be successful. Where's Wayne and Deborah? Stand up, Wayne and Deborah. Wayne and Deborah Gillum ministered primarily in Texas in churches for over 20 years. You know what Wayne said to me, uh, said to me uh, two weeks ago? Look, for over 20 years on the staff of a church, he said, if I had it to do over again, we wouldn't do the puppet shows and all the events and all the come have fun with us at the church. He said, if I had it to do over again, I would equip and I would give parents the ability and the tools to minister to their children and grandchildren. I want to tell you all something. These two right here have some great ideas and some wonderful tools to how to teach your children the things of God in a context that they will hear and understand. I want you to know that they are resources from the leadership of this church to help you parents and grandparents find tools to minister to your children and grandchildren. Call on them. The job of the church is not to do your job. Look, deferring, no. Partnering, yes. We're not typical as it relates to fundraising. I've had many visitors come in here and say, y'all didn't even take up an offering. What's the, what's the deal with that? <laughs> Look, I understand we're not for everybody, but can I tell you something? <clears throat> you are missing the greatest financial blessing and favor and power if you are not partnering with the Lord in tithing and in sowing and reaping. You're missing out. You're missing out. Pastor, I can't afford to do that. You can't afford not to. You need God's hand on your finances. It is not up to me to browbeat people and to have fundraisers, we're not going to do that. It's up to me to teach you the Word of God and encourage you to get in partnership financially with the God of all creation. And you know what else is? Look, I called staff together many years ago and I said, well, all right, we're going to have a fundraiser. They were like, what? I said, yeah, here's our fundraiser. Everybody get in a posture of prayer right now. We need some money. <laughs> Y'all do that at your house, don't you? Don't you really get before God when you need some money? Well, good. I thought you were dead and I there for a while. <laughs> Here's the way we raise funds here. We pray and we sow. When funds start getting low in this church, I step up and I call on others to step up their prayer for you to prosper. I start praying for God to increase your business, for God to bless you with all grace, that it would abound to you, that you would always have all sufficiency and abundance for every good deed, and you would always be able to say, when, when I have a need, I pray for your blessing. Now you can go sit under a multitude of pastors who will try to bleed it out of you, but this one has never done it in 25 years, and I'm not going to start today. I pray for God to bless you, to multiply you. And then I increase the giving. Last year, we gave 33% right at it off the top of everything that came in here into ministers and ministries that you cover, primarily. Benevolent needs. That, that's a chunk. 
I'd love for it to be more than that. Did you know that this little church over the course of these eight years when we started, this little church right here through your giving has given over a million dollars into missions and ministries and causes. And I know some will say, Pastor, we could have had a building. I don't care about bricks and mortar. I care about people. Pretty staggering, isn't it? See, you might be part of a small family, but you're part of an enormous work. Pastor Wayne told me the other day that just in the just last year that over 1,500 downloads of our teaching in this little venue have gone all around the world. You are touching, and you know what? Without you participating in the kingdom of God. And look, look, you do what the Lord tells you to do, but don't forget your church now. The storehouse is where you are hearing, where you're, where you're being ministered to, where there is a place of worship and intercessory prayer and the ministry of the word. Now you define wherever that is, but for most of us, that's that body of Christ where there are those ministering to us. And uh, I want all the covered ministers to stand right now, then their spouses. Stand up right where you are. Stand up back there. We have some who are out preaching and ministering today. I want you to understand that part of your investment in the kingdom of God goes to assist these. You know why? They serve the church. The covering is not me as an individual anymore. It's the body, the church. You can believe in these. Thank you. We have a different philosophy here. For adults, everybody just turn with me quickly to Ephesians 4. I want to show you something. When God calls out people in what we call life ministries, in life callings. Chapter 4 of Ephesians verse 11 says, And he gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers. Notice what he said next. That's where people quit listening. For, verse 12, for the equipping of the saints. Everybody say, that's me. For the work of ministry. For the edifying of the body of Christ. Everybody understand in the DNA of this church, you are the ministry. Did you know that? You are the ministry. You are the ministry. I'm going to tell some stories here on people that won't be offended or uh, embarrassed. You are the ministry. I am the resource of equipping and encouraging and interceding and teaching. See, the ministry is at a First Alabama Bank. See, I know the president. I pray, I pray for the well-being of that bank. I pray, I know that there are customers here, see, that are served by him because this is his ministry. Community Banks and Auburn Athletics is his ministry. That's where God has given him assignment and influence. And so see, if I'm the pastor I should be, I, have to, I pray for, when I pray for him, I pray for that, that bank, and I pray for the chaplain and the coaching staff of Auburn University. Why? Because that's his ministry. And I'm fully invested in his ministry. I want him to succeed. Right? I play for real, Lee Rogers Tires, the son who's going to perpetuate and carry that on under the Lord's direction. Because this, see, I, I know 
That's the ministry. That, that, that's the ministry. See, I, I pray for Tom and Mary Ward. Boy, what, what a wonderful couple this is. How, how blessed are we to have these two in our church? They are godly, faithful. They have a track. Boy, can, do they intercede. Now, you want to hear somebody that can pray the Scriptures. They don't think I know it. I know this. I pray for them. I pray for Altadena Antiques. See? I pray for Donnie Finley, premier artist in this country. See, he's got an auction coming up here real soon. I pray for that. I pray that God will orchestrate the, the... Why? That's his ministry. These estate sales are their ministries. I pray for Gene and Connie in Southern Case Arts. I pray for all the employees. I pray for customers. Now, everybody says, how did you know that? Because they told me. I'm not omniscient. There are those who have said, Pastor, would you cover this in prayer? Which, of course. But can I tell you something? I'm not coming into your business and trying to take over. And I don't want you coming into mine neither. <laughs> Just so we're clear. But when I'm invited in to partner with somebody, that's your ministry. You are the ministry. I am your partner. I want you to succeed. I called on a few because I knew, and uh, I, I've get some prayer requests. So, I, you know, thank you for letting me. I hope I didn't embarrass you. But look, understand that our job as ministers is to partner with you to succeed in your ministry because the ministry of this church is you. I've already introduced to you the partners who are under this church's covering. They are all ministering mightily in our community. But you know there are a lot of things going here that understand this church. This is not for everybody. This is not a one-size-fits-all. I've had people who are so blessed by this church who brought their friends, and there was just no connection. It's okay. It's okay. Now, on the uh, church staffs that I've served on before, there was something real important. And you know what that was? Membership drives. Here's our membership drive. Lord, bring into our faith family those you've chosen. Call them out. Let them know that this is where they need to be a part of a faith family. Let them know that this is not an option. It's a commitment. Let them know, Lord, that this is the place you want them to be covered by pastors and have a, a, a faith family to, to walk with through this life. Let them know that. And at the same time, Restrain those who are not supposed to be in this faith family and lead them where they should be. The Word of God says that we are not to forsake the assembling of ourselves together. It ought to be not just, it ought not to be an option, it ought to be a commitment. And we ought to find that place where God, by the Holy Spirit, lets us know that we can be part of a faith family that will worship and Encourage and be along part of us. Well, Pastor, how many people are you praying that God will bring the church to by this time next year? I don't pray that. I pray the Lord will bring those that He's chosen to be a part of this family. And I have full confidence that He did. I first started praying that, we were 20. Now we're 160. So the Lord is doing things that, you know, that's His business. We're just supposed to minister and be faithful. 
Are you listening, church? We must never forsake simplicity and depth in an atmosphere of love. That can't go with programs. It can't go by pressure. And I know, look, I've been part of it. It is, it is normal church stuff now to go somewhere where there's all kind of excitement happening and to go to a conference and to go back and try to replicate that in your situation. God is not into replication. He's a creative God. And there are different callings, assignments for every church body. And if we start trying to do what somebody else did just because it worked for them, we're going to grieve the Holy Spirit. Everybody say, not going to happen. Regardless of how the Lord is blessing us and He mightily is blessing us, I never come into a service without the manifested presence of the Holy Spirit as we worship and as I see you in prayer and communion. We can do better. We can do better. I know for a fact, and I am praying about some of my own I can do better as a leader. I'm asking the Lord to show me those areas because I look, I see the areas. And I look, I hear the criticism, all right? I hear the criticism. Well, y'all are just blank, or y'all are just that, or this is the weakness of the church, or I, I hear all of that. Can you see the distance between my thumb and forefinger? I don't worry about it that much, but I do pray and I do ask the Lord to show me where I need to improve. And I know my leadership has some broken places in it. I'm not very good in some things. I understand that. I want you to know I'm working on it. And if you've got an area that you may think that I'm blind to, go ahead and share it with me. I'm going to love you anyway. It'll be all right. But I recognize that I can do better. I can do a better job of getting you to take ownership than I have. I can do a better job of leading you. To be more sensitive about one of the areas of our church, and that is getting yourself involved in worship. If you miss worship, you're missing the Spirit of God setting the table for all we do. There is no way that everybody can come every Sunday. There is no way. I can't even do that myself. There is no way that everybody working with children can always be here on time. There is no way. And look, it blesses me just that you're here. If you can't even get here till 10 o'clock, come on, it's all right. It's all right. Believe me, everybody has challenges. But if you're not able to get in here for the worship, get you some worship privately where you can identify, where you can connect with the Lord in worship. Now, you ought to have public and private worship. But we can do better. I'm not talking to you if you have small children or grandchildren, but the rest of us, we can do better. We can do better about always recognizing that if your children leave the service, you go with them. I'm not afraid, but one of you go with them. We share and rent this space, and there's another church that meets too, and frankly, there have been some issues. Thank God it wasn't us. We want to be good stewards of this wonderful place that God has given us to rent, and thank you for being faithful in helping provide this through your giving. 
But you know there's an area that I want all of you to listen to me, and I say all of this in love. There is an area, and by the way, praise team, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for your marvelous service. You are the best. Don't miss out on that blessing now. Here's the last thing I want to say about doing better. All of us, all of us, pointing at me, can do better about just identifying one person that we don't know and saying, you know, hello, I'm Bill. It takes effort. It takes getting out of our own little circle and saying, I'm Edric. Thank you for being here today. It's not good for us to be so wrapped up in our own world that we don't get to know one another. Look, we will not have forced from the outside name badges and forced from the outside. You've got to be a part of this small group if you're going to be a part of that. Look, you gravitate toward those the Lord wants you to get to know. You do, you do that. You're mature enough to do that. I'm not going to force that. You do it. You listen to the Lord and gravitate toward those he wants you to know. But just make sure that you find out who somebody is. Just, just one. That's all I'm asking. Just one every week. Before you go, speak to just one and let them know who they are and try to remember a name at least for three or four minutes. We can do better about this. Everybody say, we can do better about this. It's going to take effort. Going to take effort. And we're not going to artificially try to make it happen. Listen to the Holy Spirit and invest in somebody else. And God will bless that. We can do better. like for the elders of the church to come forward, please, and everyone to please stand. I want to thank all of you for your love and your faithfulness. I want to thank you for your generosity to the Lord. You say, Pastor, I've never seen anything about how this church functions. Well, I hadn't either. We're just listening to the Lord. That's all we're doing. We're trying to see what the Word says, and we're trying to not put anything in there that we don't see in the Word of God. Thank you for your prayers for Dean and me. We, we have no connection to success apart from the Holy Spirit in your prayers. We're desperately dependent on you. Having been called 54 years ago, I want to tell you this. Served on five staffs in a Christian school. This is by far our favorite ministry. This is by far our favorite assignment from the Lord. It's because of you. Could we all pray that the Lord would encourage us to go a little deeper, to serve a little, a little more, just to be a little more alert? I promise you, this is the only time you've heard me preach a sermon on our DNA in all these years, so I promise you, you're not going to hear this every Sunday. This is very rare. But you know, if you're going to be success, successful, you've got to constantly be reminded of who you are. If you, get who you, if you forget who you are, then you're going to start acting like somebody you're not. 
And there are grave consequences to that. I'd like for all the elders of the church to reach out your hand, please. We're going to bless you. Dina, come up here, please. Thank all of you for being a part of this service today. We love you. We would love for you to join this church fellowship. But that's between you and the Lord. I want you to know there's a place of love and prayer, ministry of the Word and worship here for you. If the Lord leads you, we would love it. Father, we bless your people in the name of Jesus. We bless them, Lord. We pray you would strengthen them with might. We pray you would heal them. We pray that you would resolve every issue that has them bound to the ground. Lord, just raise them up. Mightily work, Father, in their body, in their finances. But most of all, Lord, in their inner man, bring clarity and beauty and release and, and freedom. In the name of Jesus, Lord, bind us together in the love of God, in the unity of the Spirit. May we learn how to function as a faith family under the anointing and the direction of the Holy Spirit, the authority of the Word of God. Give us greater insight. Lord, I humble myself before you. I pray you would correct me in those areas where I'm missing it. I ask you, Lord, to open my heart and my mind to any dark place, Lord, where the Spirit of God would send light. I pray that you would increase the shepherd's heart in me, increase the anointing. Lord, restrain me from making any wrong steps and affirm every right step. How I bless and praise you for these sheep that you've called me to assist you with. How, oh God, Bless their families. Bless their marriages. Bring them to greater intimacy with you and with each other. Bless their children. God, for those whose children have wandered away from you, I pray you would issue a holy call from heaven that you would bring them to repentance and bring them back into the fellowship of the Lord Jesus. Mightily bless them, Lord. We praise you for them in Jesus' name. And all the people said, now next week's Palm Sunday. We look forward to seeing you then. God bless you. Go with God. He's going with you. You can access more of Steve Franklin's teachings online at www.sfmin.com.